on a morning connection. It's This Is My Story with our friends from Trinity Chapel Church, Reverend Charlene Laver this morning. Hello. Hello, Brittany. Good Friday morning, City of Du Bois and surrounding communities. I am Charlene Laver, pastor of Trinity Chapel Du Bois, inviting you to journey along with me with a message on It's Friday, but Sunday is coming. My only request is that you would agree to allow your hearts to be enlarged, challenged, transformed by the renewing of your mind. Where to start? You have heard the saying, It's Friday, but Sunday is coming. Allow me to begin by sharing the scenario of events on Good Friday. Peter is asleep. Judas has betrayed him. Mary is crying. Hope is lost. Death has won. Satan is jeering. Jesus is buried. Soldiers stand guard. A rock is rolled into place. It's Friday, but Sunday is coming. Oh, and then there's God's voice over the earth on Friday. He tore the curtains of the temple, opened the graves of the dead, shook the earth, blocked the sun from the sky, and sacrificed the Son of Heaven. Earth heard much from God on Good Friday. It is Friday, but Sunday is coming. Easter weekend, a lot can happen in just three days. Sunday has arrived. Easter Sunday has come and has changed the world forever. The time has come. Now it is our time for our voice to be heard with a loud shout saying, Alleluia, Alleluia, Christ is risen. The Lord is risen indeed. Alleluia, Alleluia. Glory to God in the highest and peace to his people on earth. Lord God, Heavenly King, Almighty God and Father, we worship you. We give you thanks. We praise you for your glory. Lord Jesus Christ, only Son of the Father, Lord God, Lamb of God, you take away the sin of the world. Have mercy on us. You are seated at the right hand of the Father. Receive our prayer, for you alone are the Holy One. You alone are the Lord. You alone are the Most High, Jesus Christ, with the Holy Spirit and the glory of God the Father. Amen. I can't imagine beginning any other way than to bring forth a shout of praise 
to the King of Kings and Lord of Lords who defeated death. For it is written, And having disarmed the powers and authorities, which are supernatural forces of evil operating against us, he, Jesus, made a public spectacle of them, exhibiting them as captives in his triumphal procession, in triumph over them by the cross. Colossians 2, 15. Jesus overthrew, defeated, publicly shamed, humiliated, conquered, and crushed death. On the cross, Jesus forever defeated death. The book of Romans says he was delivered over to death for our sins and was raised to life for our justification. Romans 4, 25. The grave could not hold Jesus. He defeated it from the inside out. He died to pay for our sins, and the proof that it worked is demonstrated in the fact that he rose from the dead. The grave had to release Jesus. As it discharged him, he rose in the power of the Holy Spirit and made a public spectacle of it. He disarmed the powers and authorities that were agents of destruction and paraded them through the heavenly realm as a defeated, conquered, and powerless foes. He publicly shamed them, conquered, and crushed Satan and his cohorts. The cross is the victory. The cross is a complete and finished victory. Jesus emerged the victorious king. And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to death, even death on a cross. Therefore God exalted him to the highest place, and gave him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow, in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of God the Father. Philippians 2, 8 through 11. Romans 10.9 goes even further than a confession of Jesus Christ as Lord, but also speaks the importance of what one believes. If you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your hearts that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Salvation includes the following. 
openly confessing Jesus as Lord and believing in the heart that God raised Jesus from the dead. Thus, saving faith includes faith in the resurrection. Now, allow me to reiterate the story of Resurrection Sunday as written in the Gospel of John, beginning in chapter 20, verses 1 through 18. Sunday morning, early on the first day of the week, while it was still dark, Mary Magdalene went to the tomb and saw that the stone had been removed from the entrance. So she came running to Simon Peter and the other disciple, the one Jesus loved, and said, They have taken the Lord out of the tomb, and we don't know where they have put him. So Peter and the other disciple started for the tomb. Both were running, but the other disciple outran Peter and reached the tomb first. He bent over and looked in at the strips of linen lying there, but did not go in. Then Simon Peter came along behind him and went straight into the tomb. He saw the strips of linen lying there, as well as the cloth that had been wrapped around Jesus' head. The cloth was still lying in its place, separate from the linen. Finally, the other disciple, who had reached the tomb first, also went inside. He saw and believed. They still did not understand from Scripture that Jesus had to rise from the dead. Then the disciples went back to where they were staying. Now Mary stood outside the tomb crying. As she wept, she bent over to look into the tomb and saw two angels in white seated where Jesus' body had been, one at the head and the other at the foot. They asked her, Woman, why are you crying? They have taken my Lord away, she said, and I don't know where they have put him. At this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing there. But she did not realize that it was Jesus. He asked her, Woman, why are you crying? Who is it you are looking for? Thinking he was the gardener, she said, Sir, if you have carried him away, Tell me where you have put him, and I will get him. Jesus said to her, Mary, allow me to interrupt this scripture passage for a moment to share my heart. 
It is in this moment that I am reminded of the scripture that says, My sheep know my voice. I know them and they follow me. John 10, 27. Mary recognized Jesus by his voice when calling out her name. Believe me when I say, no one can speak your name as Jesus does. His love that flows from his heart to your heart transcends all the voices when he speaks your name. Allow me to ask you, have you sat in his presence to hear him call you by name? Let us continue. Jesus said to her, Mary. She turned toward him and cried out in Aramaic, Rabboni, which means teacher. Jesus said, Do not hold on to me, for I have not yet ascended to the Father. Go instead to my brothers and tell them, I am ascending to my Father and your Father, to my God and your God. Mary Magdalene went to the disciples with the news. I have seen the Lord. And she told them that he had said these things to her. I am imagining even now that you are saying to yourself, What a nice story. I have heard this many times. Oh, but here it comes. By this time, you might be saying, or at least I hope you are, especially if you have come to know me by now, in the time we have journeyed together. It never ends with their story. But where are you in this story? So let's get started by my asking you, the listeners, a few questions. How did you allow this passage to speak to you? And where are you in this story? Are you, number one, some came to look? For whatever reason, we are told that they came to see the sepulcher, the place of burial. Are you the one who looks at the story but not put yourself into the story? How often do you simply just check it out, but walk away and once again nothing changes and you remain the same? It goes no further than a glance. Are you, number two, some come to labor? Some of the women came to perform one last labor of love for the Lord Jesus. 
They came to finish anointing Jesus' body for burial. They wanted to serve him one last time. Are you the one who runs from place to place doing good works for others, believing your good works will eventually add up and get you in good standing with God and into the kingdom of heaven? It is not that the giving of ourselves to labor and love is unseen by God. However, our salvation is not the result of our efforts, abilities, intelligent choices, personal characteristics, or acts of service we perform. Our righteous acts do not produce salvation, but are the evidence of our salvation, which is a free gift when we give our lives to Jesus and believe on him. He is the only way to salvation. Are you number three? One came to linger. The scripture tells us that Mary Magdalene lingered at the tomb after the others had left and gone away. Mary Magdalene was one of the last at the cross, and now she would be the first to see him after he had risen from the dead. Her life had been radically changed by Jesus, and she loved him more than life itself. Surely her heart was broken that morning, but she came to love him and worship him. It is this heart to whom Jesus reveals himself. And it is for those whose hearts burn with the flame of love for the risen Savior. The resurrection of Jesus will forever be a reminder to us that God is in the midst of all change, both the good and the hard. Max Licato writes, God inserts a Saturday between our Fridays and Sundays, silent Saturdays, the day between the struggle and the solution, the question and the answer, the offered prayer and the answer thereof. Saturday's silence torments us. Is God angry? Did I disappoint him? Why doesn't he act? What are you supposed to do until he does? Saturday's silence does not mean his absence. Inactivity is never apathy. Saturdays have their purpose. We must be still and trust God knows and will answer. As one who endured the silent Saturday wrote, Be patient, brethren, until the coming of the Lord. James 4, 7. It means that you and I can face our past, present, and future with boldness and courage knowing whatever happens, the Lord is there. Alleluia. As we live into our life's journey in Christ, we too, like Mary Magdalene, can say to the world around us, I have seen the Lord. Sunday, Resurrection Sunday, speaks boldly of our God and His greatness. For if there are words for Him, then I don't have them. 
You see, my brain has not yet reached a point where it could form a thought that could adequately describe the greatness of my God. And my lungs have not yet developed the ability to release a breath with enough agility to breathe out the greatness of his love. And my voice, my voice is so inhibited, restrained by human limits, that it's hard to even send a praise up. If there are words for him, then I don't have them. My God, his grace is remarkable. Mercies are innumerable. Strength is impenetrable. He is honorable, accountable, and favorable, unsearchable yet knowable, indefinable yet approachable, indescribable yet personal. He is beyond comprehension, further than imagination, constant through generations, king of every nation. But if there are words for him, then I don't have them. You see, my words are few, and to try and capture the one true God using my vocabulary will never do. But I use my words as an expression, an expression of worship to a Savior, a Savior who is both worthy and deserving of my praise. So I use words. My heart extols the Lord, blesses his name forever. He has won my heart, captured my mind, and has bound them both together. He has defeated me in my rebellion, conquered me in my sin. He has welcomed me into his presence, completely invited me in. He has made himself the object of my sight flooding me with mercies in the morning, drowning me with grace in the night. For if there are words for him, then I don't have them. But what I do have is good news. For my God knew that man-made words would never do, for words are just tools that we use to point to the truth. So he sent his son, Jesus Christ, as the word, living proof. He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. For by him all things were created, giving nothingness formation. And by his word he sustains in the power of his name. For he is before all things and over all things. He reigns. Holy is his name. Praise him for his life. The way he persevered in strife the humble Son of God becoming the perfect sacrifice. Praise Him for His death, that He willingly stood in our place, that He lovingly endured the grave, that He battled our enemy and on the third day rose in victory. Praise Him because He rose. Hallelujah, He rose. He is everything that was promised. Praise Him as the risen King. Lift your voice and sing. For one day he will return for us and we will finally be united with our Savior for eternity. So it's not just words that I proclaim, for my words point to the word, and the word has a name. Hope has a name, joy has a name, love has a name, peace has a name, and that name is Jesus Christ. Praise his name forever. Written by... Isaac Wimberly. Let us pray. Oh Lord, how can I thank you, Jesus, for becoming the curse on the cross so that I might enter into full blessing? Thank you. 
that the enemy has no legal rights to me. From the moment you took your first breath back to life, resurrection life. Thank you that I have transitioned out of the enemy's domain and into your kingdom of hope, blessing, joy, eternal life, and peace. Alleluia, alleluia. Christ is risen. The Lord is risen indeed. Alleluia, alleluia. Oh